At the beginning of last year, we spent some time in the book of Romans. I preached from chapters 1 through to chapter 7. And then at the end of June, we left that off for a period and have dealt with other things. But I want today to return to the book of Romans and this tremendous letter of Paul to the Christian people in Rome. It has been described in many ways as the Prince of Letters. And we come today to begin to think about chapter 8, a chapter which itself has been described as one of the chief chapters of God's Word. Indeed, different descriptions given to this wonderful chapter, a chapter that is daunting for the preacher. Some men have spent years in their ministry thinking about and preaching from this one chapter. It demands thought and meditation. It is full of comforting and encouraging words for the believer. But right at the outset, even as we'll see today, there's a deep challenge to those who are not believers. This epistle and this central passage of it would, do, would be worth reading and rereading for ourselves. It is packed with things for our souls. So as we turn to consider these verses of this chapter, we're beginning today with looking at chapters, <coughs> at verses 1 and 2. Last week, we thought about Psalm 118 and the focus of that psalm, as we found, uh, began and ended with God's love. The psalmist said, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. And we could say as we turn now to Romans chapter 8 that something of the outworking of that love of God and how it affects people in our different situation, in ourselves, is being worked through. In these verses, Paul writes, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. And I've said much ink has been used in writing commentaries and books on this chapter and even on these verses. What a challenge to us as God's people. What encouragement to the people who are in Christ Jesus. But what a profound convicting word to any who are not yet right with God. I'm going to do this very simply. I want to think first of all about the word therefore. That drives us back into the previous chapters. Then those words, no condemnation. And then to think a bit about what it means to be in Christ Jesus. And then the last point, if we get there, will be to think about the law, the freedom that he speaks about there, that we are being set free from the law of sin and death. So what about, sorry, therefore, therefore. When we see that word at the beginning of any text, it reminds us that we're, the, the arguments are being, have been built up 
And now he is, if you like, working out something of the conclusion to what he's been saying or how this works out. And that's what this word does at the beginning of this section. It drives us back to think about what has just been spoken about. And in the case of Paul's letter to the Romans, he has spoken about the whole area of justification. It's not just that the therefore applies immediately to chapter 7, though it does, but it really applies to the poor previous section from chapter 3 to chapter 7. Remember that in those chapters, Paul had uh, spent time showing that we are all in sin. It didn't matter whether you're Gentile or Jew, we are all sinful. And thus we are all in need of being justified. Uh, We are not counted righteous in the sight of God because we are sinners. And we are all in that same position, Jew and Gentile alike. And then he goes on to argue, as we noted when we thought about these things, how we are justified. Uh, And he brings in the example, for example, of Abraham in chapter 4. How was Abraham justified? It was through faith, faith in God. Uh, It wasn't to do with his good works or what he had done, but by faith. And he was justified because he believed. And he works that on out, speaking in chapter 6 about how we're dead to sin and alive to Christ. And we have been justified through faith in Jesus Christ. And then he comes to chapter 7, and we read part of that chapter, because this is the immediate uh, part which reads into this, therefore it is after that, debate about his own challenges as a man, as a Christian man, in his head he wanted to serve God and do what was right. But he found in his being, in his life, that there were times when his own nature, his sinful nature, he did things he shouldn't have done. And he grieved that. And so he has that struggle between good, wanting to do it, and finding that sin trips him up. The law of sin still at work. However, in chapter 7, verse 24, he says, What a wretched man I am. And then he says, Who will rescue us from this body of sin? And it's there that he comes to the verse, Thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying we're justified through our Lord Jesus Christ. I and myself In my mind, I'm a slave to God's law. I long to do God's will. But in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Therefore, therefore, he says, there is now no condemnation. Thanks be to God for Jesus Christ, because in my mind, I am His. I want to serve Him and honor Him. Therefore, there is now No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he's saying, it's because of my trust, my heart, being in Christ and justified by Him, that there will be no condemnation. 
He has embraced Jesus Christ as Lord and a new dynamic is in his life, in his mind, moving and leading him the power of the Spirit of God. And he he brings that out more in these first verses of chapter 8. Chapter 8, in a way, is really just showing us how the Spirit works and the effect, the power of the Spirit of God in the life of the Christian man or woman. That's why he says, therefore, Because he has argued all about justification through Jesus Christ. Therefore, but what about these two words? No condemnation. No condemnation. Let me take, first of all, the negative aspect of this. If there is is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus... It is clearly implied and certainly true that there is condemnation for those who are not in Christ Jesus. If you are not yet following the Word of God, then you are condemned. The whole Bible, the law condemns you. It has condemned me and all who believe but we find something in Jesus Christ that means there's no condemnation. But if you're not in Christ, the condemnation is there. The law is against you. You may not have been to the law court. You may not have had the judge actually pronounce that you are guilty of breaking the law and therefore giving the sentence which is yours. But it is absolutely certain that that is what is going to happen on the day of judgment. The ungodly will appear before the judge of all the earth and the condemnation which is already theirs will, be, will bring the sentence because the law is opposed to them. It's like someone who has committed a burglary and they know they've done it done wrong, the law is opposed to them but they as yet have not been caught now are they guilty or not of course they are guilty, they are under the condemnation of the law the sentence is already written in the statute book that for burglary you will serve a sentence in jail or whatever it may be but it is not applied until the police Catch up with you and you stand in the dock before the judge. But then the condemnation becomes very clear and the sentence is applied. So for any who are ungodly, you need to grasp this reality. You are under the sentence. It may not yet have been applied, but the day of the judgment is coming when you will feel the full weight of that sentence and it will be applied and you'll be shut out from the presence of God forever because you're under the condemnation of his word, of his law, his truth. I wonder if you grasp the reality. And let me just say that we need to note that it is for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you're not in Christ Jesus, 
The condemnation is real. So putting in a mere appearance at church, having been brought up and taught the word of God, does not mean that you're not under condemnation. Those who do good things uh, are are good and may sound well, but the law still condemns unless that condemnation is removed. But if you are hoping in the gospel of good news that is in Jesus Christ, there is something completely different. That's what brings us to the fact that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's not a matter of attendance at worship. It's not a matter of doing a certain amount of good deeds. It's not a matter of being brought up in the church and simply going through all the outward activities that might be expected of you. It is being in Christ Jesus. We're going to think of that in a moment. Those who have truly come to know Jesus Christ can confess that they have rejoiced because once we were under condemnation, but now we are not under that condemnation anymore. The the shorter catechism is most useful. How profitable to know that catechism and keep reminding ourselves of it. Question number 84 What does every sin deserve? Answer, every sin deserveth God's wrath and curse, both in this life and that which is to come. That's what every sin deserves. That's the condemnation of the people who are without God, without Christ and without hope. And what people who are under condemnation must do, and what all who have believed must have done, is to repent of sin. And that means being truly sorry for it. If you're sorry for your sin, you stop sinning. You give it up. You change your whole life. And sometimes it's an absolutely major lifestyle change to stop sinning. Leave your sin behind. If you've repented, if you're sorry that you're disobeying God's law, it will be shown in how you live and act. It means turning away from sin to Jesus Christ as Lord. Again, the Catechism tells us in question 87, what is repentance unto life? Answer, Repentance unto life is a saving grace whereby a sinner out of a true sense of his sin and apprehension of the mercy of God in Christ doth with grief and hatred of his sin turn from it unto God with full purpose of and endeavor after new obedience. And that's just what the Bible is teaching us that the condemnation which we were under. We need to turn to Christ, apprehending the mercies that are His and finding that through Jesus Christ we have an advocate and He does not accuse us anymore. 
Christian friends, what a wonderful truth that is for you who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Yes, you deserve it. Your sin deserves it, but Jesus Christ has taken it away. And it doesn't matter what sin you've committed. The evil one may stir up your conscience and cause you to be disturbed because you have failed in some way. Come back to this text. For those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. Other people may accuse you and bring all kinds of things to disturb your peace with God. And at times they may have a point and at times you may have to bow before you, before God and say, Lord, forgive me. But come back to here. For the believer in Jesus Christ, there is now no condemnation. Of course, this is not a license to sin as we've already noted. It's a turning to God and to seeking to live for Him. What a marvelous, wonderful truth it is. But note, it doesn't mean that God will not discipline. It doesn't mean that God will not come to you with difficulties and hardships because He wants you to live for Him. And sometimes we suffer His disciplining hand. We feel as though we're being condemned Well, just remember in the day of judgment through Christ there's no condemnation. But why is God dealing with you like that? It is to draw you back to Himself. It is to bring you to keep trusting on Him, to have your feet firmly on the rock that is Jesus Christ and to know His care and keeping. And when your heart does condemn you and you know you've failed and you're accused by the very law of God, Well, what a joy it is we can bow again before the Savior and know forgiveness is in Him. Therefore, because we're justified in Jesus Christ, there is now no condemnation. But we do need to give more thought to what it means to be in Christ Jesus. Paul speaks a lot about being in Christ. Christ Jesus to believing in him and that Paul uses this phrase extensively to be with Christ to be in him we often think about asking Jesus Christ to be our Lord and to be in us and that's part of it but that's only part of it we need to see that we are in Christ We are counted as being in Him when He died. When the Lord Jesus Christ suffered on the cross, those who believe in Him were in Him. The old sinful nature was bound in Him on the cross. As He suffered and died, so the old sinful nature that was yours was combined with Christ, suffered and died with Christ, crucified in Him. That's what it means to be in Christ. Thus, as he died, so you who believe died in him to the sin that was yours. As he suffered the penalty for your sin, being trusting in Jesus Christ, being in him, meant that you 
in their sinful body and sinful nature received the very punishment that was due to your sin in Christ. Having died, of course, Jesus Christ rose again from death to a new life. Being in Jesus Christ means that you too have risen to new life. To a new life in this world to serve and honor Him. A whole complete new dynamic because the Spirit of God is in you. If you are in Christ and He in you, you're not your own, you're Christ, you're bought with a price, you're to serve and honor Him. And thinking of that resurrection and taking on to the day when this body will fall to the ground, if you're in Christ, you're already raised. The soul immediately will go to be with Him. The body to dwell on the grave to the day of His coming. And His call to all who are dead and into the righteousness that is in God. And so, to be in Christ is a very important thing. Yes, we need to believe and trust in Him. That's how we become in Him. We're part of Him. Bound with Him in both His life, His death, and His resurrection. I was trying to think about an illustration of this. um, And the thought came to mind, just imagine, now we know Mickey Mouse is only a cartoon character, but imagine... Someone has done something terribly wrong and they know they've done wrong and they're hauled up before the judge but they appear in a Mickey Mouse costume and the judge condemns Mickey Mouse for that tragic mistake, murder, whatever it might have been and Mickey Mouse is condemned to jail for whatever. And the person leaves that courtroom, strips off the Mickey Mouse outfit and leaves free. Why? Because, well, they were in Mickey Mouse and Mickey is the one who took the penalty and he's going to be in prison or whatever it may be. He is suffering. It's not a great illustration, but it's, that's we're in Christ, you see. When you stand before God in the day of judgment, he'll already say, but... but I've already condemned your sin. I've already dealt with you because in dealing with Jesus Christ, I've dealt with you. The judge can say, well, I've dealt with with Mickey. I've, I've, I've given him the sentence so you're free to go. That's the thought of being in Christ Jesus. He has taken it all and suffered. That's why there is now no more condemnation. You see, our God is righteous and holy and just and loving in all His ways. And a just and holy God will not condemn twice. He will not condemn Christ and punish Him and then condemn someone who believes and trusts in Jesus Christ as their Lord because that's already taken care of in Christ. For you were in Christ in your sinful nature. What a wonderful blessing to know Jesus Christ as Lord. To be committed to Him. To be following and serving Him. Having repented of your sin. Having that new nature. And that's something that he goes on to speak about in this great chapter. We're now 
not bound by the Spirit, but bound by the Holy Spirit of God in us, not the sinful spiritual nature. In fact, that's what he goes on to speak of at the end, uh, or in these verses. In verse 2, he thinks about being set free. Why? Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Now as we go on, God willing, next week we'll have to come back to this. But just note that set free, the law of the Spirit of life. In other words, that Spirit that brings life, God's Holy Spirit sets you free from the law of sin and death. There's something very great that has changed and we need it really to read on into the next verses for what the law was powerless to do. It has been weakened by, in the sinful nature God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man. See, He's saying briefly that the law, the commandments, the judgments that hung over you, the law that brought to, high, to light sin, and thus death has been dealt with. You're set free because there's a new law at work. The law of the Spirit. The spiritual working of bringing you to Christ and make, helping you to trust in Him. What a joy it is to be set free by the law. You see, we have no strength of our own to overcome the law. The law simply shows our sin. That's been his argument all along. When we come to the, the law of God, the commandments, all they do is say, you're a sinner. Because we are sinners. And we have broken that law. And when we bring the law to bear on our hearts, it simply highlights our sin. Like a person in our world who hasn't realized that actually to trespass on somebody else's property and to take their sheep is against the law. If he, if he is ignorant of that, he can go about thinking, I've done nothing wrong. But once the law is brought to bear and he's taken and shown, well, actually you have broken the law, then suddenly his conscience is alive and he is under the law. He can do nothing about it. It's broken. It's gone. But by the working of the Spirit through Jesus Christ, you and I are set free. Set free from that bondage. A conscience can be cleared. Not because we can do anything about it ourselves, but because in Jesus Christ there is now no condemnation. So Paul says, therefore, there is now no condemnation. If you're not in Christ, just note there is condemnation. The judgment is hanging over you. And the day the judge will give the sentence will come. But for all who believe, for those who are in Christ, who are in Him by faith when He suffered and died on the cross, what a joy. God has already dealt with our sin. And we are free. Free not to live for ourselves, but free to live the lives He created for us. Lives to honor and worship 
and glorify him and to give his name all that honor that is due. This is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. As sinners we are under condemnation, but there is no condemnation for those who by faith are in Christ Jesus.